like what I feel in the house today. Amen. Doesn't matter if it's raining outside. God is good and doing a great work. Amen. Doing a great work. So appreciate your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. Amen. Pastor said it in the office earlier. I'm just repeating it. That revival did not leave with Brother Josh Herring. Revival's in your heart. Revival's in your home. Revival's in your prayer life. Revival's in your reading and your dedication and your fasting and, and, and everything like that. So praise the Lord. I will tell you that he can spark. Preachers come and evangelists come and they can, they can fan the flames. Part of that five-fold ministry, right? It works. And, and, and for as I've said before, it was nothing new. It was nothing new that all of a sudden showed up and people go, wow, I never heard it like that. No, go back and look at the tapes. Start listening and you'll hear some things. You go, wait a second. Hey, that was already being laid out line upon line and here a little, there a little. It was just being confirmed. Amen. In a different atmosphere. So you're standing. I want to read out of the book of Matthew chapter number 13. Brother Scott, thank you. Do my best without my glasses. <laughs> the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. He got in a strategic location so they could hear what he was about to say. And he spake many things unto them in parables saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Thank you, Bud Trace. Next verse, four. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. And verse five. Some fell upon stony places, and they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And I'm not going to re keep reading all the way to nine. But I want to focus on verse number four. If you'd go back there, Brother Scott, Sister Plale. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. And then read with me. And the fowls came and devoured them up. I want to just teach today on this thought. Jog my memory. Jog my memory. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we praise you. We just thank you for your presence in this house today. Hearts that are hungry and desirous, God, to live for you. Lives that you want to change, God, that you, only you can do it. I can't do it on my own. And I ask you to have your way in this house. Someone say in Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you. You can be seated. We know that Scripture tells us in 1732 of Luke to remember Lot's wife. Don't forget that. We're told to remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up in Matthew 16 and verse number 9. And Luke said, 2261, Jesus said, he, the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord. The rooster was going to crow if he denied him three times. And it happened. Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5 says, Remember ye not 
when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Jog my memory. I, 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 I just, all I can do is teach about what God's dealing with in my heart. So often when you sit down and you begin to talk about the word of God, it's, it's dealing with self. It's not this. It's this. And, and I just began to think, Brother Anthony, and some of this might piggyback on what you were talking about last night. And that is that so often preaching stirs us and it shakes us and something takes place during a service, whether it's a, a song or a setting of scripture or a story or a parable, and it begins to stir within us, Brother Justin, and it, it, it gets our attention. But somehow between when it's, bring, it's brought forth into my lap and when I leave, I, I know none of you, this doesn't fit none of you, okay? I'm just saying me. Can't remember the verse, can't remember the setting, can't remember the story, can't remember, other than it felt good. I got excited, I was, I was supercharged, I was excited. But I think that I know that God wants us to have more than just that swing from the chandeliers experience. I love, I love anointed preaching and swinging and jumping. I like the people running the aisles. I grew up in that. When I came into church, all my kids fell asleep. And were you worried that they were going to get run over by aisle runners? Never happened one time. People were in the spirit. I remember Sister Bussy, she would get going and that war hoop would get going and bobby pins were flying. Spirit of God was moving. But in all of that excitement, can I remember, can you remember what it was in the setting of Scripture that's supposed to give me meat enough to get through tomorrow? When I wake up in the morning, is, is there something that's lasting? Is there some meat on the bone still? Can I look at it and say, I got some leftovers. I got something's going to get me through this week. Or did I just get a little bit of emotion and then forget what the purpose of it is all about? Great preaching. We are so, so blessed, church. I'm not looking for pats on the back, and nobody's asked me to say this, but I'm going to tell you what. We have one of the absolute greatest apostolic preachers as our pastor within the... Not only in Alaska. I'm telling you, throughout the district, states down in the lower 48, even places in other countries, they know about Pastor Ron Herring. They know his ability to preach and the anointing when he begins to start to talk about the oneness of God. And he'd be talking about baptism in Jesus' name and infilling of the Holy Ghost and living right. And you just got to know, and we are blessed. Now, Pastor Josh Herring, I mean, 20 plus years of evangelizing on the field. That gives you some stuff. You think it's all just ribbons and roses and cake and cupcakes and stuff. I'm telling you what. That's some, that's some rough stuff. We are blessed, so blessed, and I'm so thankful. But even underneath some of the greatest anointed preaching, there was stuff going on in 
biblical time of people that heard stuff and then walked away and didn't do anything with it. You look at James, pastor of the Jerusalem church, 100,000 strong. He's talking about, hey, why don't you look in the mirror? I'm paraphrasing chapter 1, 21 through 25 in there. He talks about Sister Lane. He says, you look in the mirror and you see what manner of man you are, and yet you turn and you go back to what you were before. It means you better, better remember some things. Jog my memory. What can I do so that it's not just some euphoric excitement? And please don't take this the wrong way. That, we need that. We're in the greatest movement that this world has ever seen. I'm telling you what, apostolic truth is the greatest thing this world is it's what this world needs they don't need religion they need an experience with Jesus amen they need to have Holy Ghost infilling and so here we are I look at myself and I say man I just forget what manner of man I am I look in the mirror and I know that the thief has come to steal and to kill and to destroy Sister Tina John 10 10 and I know that Peter 1, uh, verse Peter 1, 1 Peter 5, verse 8 talks about, for the devil, our adversary, is as a roaring lion. We know that this, this onslaught against the church and the members of the church, he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. Does that tell you about someone that's like on vacation? Are you kidding? He's just looking for someone to make a mistake. Looking for someone to say, well, I don't need to pray today. I don't need to read today. I don't. He's just looking for that. Yeah. Looking for a meal. And so it's not the unprepared. It's not the indifferent. It won't be the unsuspecting that will make heaven their home. Amos warmed us in 6 and 1. I don't know if I gave this to you or not, but woe to them that be at ease in Zion. Those that become indifferent and just allow things to just be status quo. And so I, I'm looking for God to jog my memory. I, I want to take what's, what's given in the preaching and in the teaching and take it beyond feeling good, whether it's there or here or wherever it's at. What can I do so I take it home? So when he talks about, hey, you know, you shouldn't get angry at your wife. And then get in the car and get angry at your wife. Does that make sense? We're told that this thing is serious. Everything about living for God is serious. Paul talked to Timothy, to Titus, to the Thessalonian church. Peter, he talked all about multitudes of times. Brother Carl, he said, be sober means be serious be serious this is not a game give diligence he said second peter 1 verse 10 to make your calling and your election sure make sure that you have things squared away make sure that you're doing everything possible to grow now that verse comes after i believe i said somewhere right around verse number four it starts talking about Add to your faith. 
So it's one of those scriptures that it goes down there. He said, there's precious, exceeding promises, verse 4. Verse 5, he said, add to your faith virtue and the virtue knowledge. And it goes down there, and it's like this, it's like this, this elementary school project where you're sitting there and you go, one plus one is two, plus one is three, plus one more, four. And so you start building this thing out. And that sounds silly when I do it like that, but it, he's laying it out that in order for these good things to happen, if you'll start here and then add to it. Yeah, but... And those are things that come when I apply myself. Those are things that happen after the excitement is wore off. Can I get an amen? Those are things that happen after... I come down from the euphoric high of three getting the Holy Ghost and baptism in Jesus' name. And, and you go, okay, now what am I going to do with this? So add virtue to your faith and, and then knowledge and add then temperance to that and add patience, verse 6, and add godliness to that. Verse 7 said, add brotherly kindness. And if that's not enough, add charity to that. And verse 8, it says this. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. The process of adding things to our life and to our walk. I, I made effort for this to take place. Peter is talking about taking these things and adding them to their walk. Well, I want to be more like Jesus. Well, I got some work to do. Because it just isn't going to happen. Not by accident. So, like Daniel purposed in his heart, that's what I need to do. I get frustrated when things just slip away. I feel the conviction, feel stirring, the desire to do better. And a day or two later, I can't remember what was preached. I can't remember what setting a verse it was. Well, he said the sower went forth to sow and the the fowls of the air came. That was our opening scripture. Fowls there, just for an interesting little side note. I love this stuff, but the fowls there is referencing to vultures. There's some 23 species of vultures. And when you take a look at those, some of the you might recognize, obviously, we don't have any here. It's not warm enough, especially this summer. And so you have warmer climates, and you think of like a turkey vulture, all right? You may remember a bearded vulture because their appearance looks like they've kind of got a beard. Or a Nubian vulture, which might be found in Africa. Or a California vulture. Yo, dude. <laughs> a Pondicherry vulture which you might find in Pakistan or Malaysia and so you see these different ones a griffin vulture or maybe a king vulture they said they're, they're red and yellow and have a bluish head and yet their eyes are white with this red ring in them you look at vultures they're kind of creepy looking okay you're not something like, hey, come look at my pet vulture. 
They can fly. A black vulture, that's the reference, they can fly. They're about 30 pounds, Brother Nathaniel. And they have about a nine-foot wingspan. They can fly up to 30,000 feet. They have the ability to go for a long period of time without food or drink because they have some little thing here, a little gullet that they, I guess they store it in there until something gives up the ghost. They're not known for being aggressive in the sense that they kill things, but they will kill things. But they primarily look to prey on, and it's ironic how they just, they have tremendous sight and tremendous smell, and they have the ability to just be in the right place, almost always at the right time. If you're something close to dying, you just look in the sky, there they are circling around. Well, the, the writer, Matthew, is using this, this word story of how uh, the fowls came and devoured the seed that the sower threw down. It didn't have time even to go into the soil because the devourer came and took it. It's interesting, they're called when they fly in more than one, when there's more than one vulture flying, it's called a kettle. When there's more than one vulture hanging around, they call it a committee. I'm not joking. <laughs> and if there's a bunch of them sitting around and they're eating, it's called a wake. I didn't make this up. 22 out of the 23 species are said to be in easily intimidated by movement and noises. They can be driven off with a clap of the hands. They can be sent to flight with a raise of a voice, a stomp of the foot. Only one is, is more intimidate is less intimidated by that but can still intimidate it but it takes effort the first thing brother larry that a vulture eats is the eyeballs it's okay for sunday morning you know what the second thing the vulture eats the tongue i'm thinking oh yeah they're going for the back strap I'm looking for a big old prime rib roast. They're looking for the eyeballs and the tongue. They want to take away the vision, and then they want to take away the voice or the word. The writer's telling us that the fowls are looking for the seed to devour it, trying to take it away from us. But I have to do something with that seed. I've got to do something with that. Abraham is said in Genesis 15, verse 11, that he drove away the fowls from devouring of the sacrifice. It was that important because the sacrifice was before the Lord. Simple Bible principles. Fowls, effort to devour the seed, we got to run them off. And so what I do with the word of God is of great importance a lot of individuals today want to say well we can just take it or leave it but you know that's not the case here 
You know, your pastor tells you how important it is to read your Bible. How important it is to daily take in the, the mindset, the mind of God, the logos of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and when we take that in, that gives us vision. He said to seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read Isaiah 34, 16. Jesus stood up in Luke 4, 16 to read. Ephesians 3, 4 said, when ye read, 1 Timothy 4, verse 13, Paul said, till I come, give attendance to reading. And the revelator said, Revelations 1, verse 3 said, blessed is he that readeth and he that hear the words of this prophecy and keep these things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Reading is of the utmost importance. It's got to be more than just somebody telling us this is what it says. I've got to read it. I'd like to challenge some of you today, and I'll probably get opposition, but I'm going to hurry because I promised myself what time I'd be done. And that is, we are so blessed with with. Um, technology, the ability to look at a computer screen or, or have a, a, a laptop or a, or, or a tablet or even a phone with ability to put certain versions on there. Great benefits to that, Brother Christopher. You can, you can increase the font size as you get old like me and you can't see. And you don't even have to tell anybody. <laughs> and you can change the background or you can change the the, the, just everything about it. You can also get multitudes of versions. But there is study. There is study that has been put out there. And it, it talks about these benefits. But we also know that blue light has a tendency to mess up our, uh, our sleep patterns, messes up our melatonin. If you had do a lot of computer screening late at night, you sometimes don't sleep as well. Some of you just sleep good no matter what. I don't know what the deal is, but um, the other thing is that it has a, a, a way of changing our um, circadian sleep rhythm. But all set aside, there are some great benefits to digital age, obviously. But the studies, I just pulled three out real quick. The Hersinger Report Jill Basha wrote in August 12th of 19 that 20 out of, 29 out of 33 labs with uh, more than 100,000 people of readers learned more from print than they did from digital. I'm just telling what it says. They talked about spatial memory for location of passages or charts on a physical page of paper. Helps to recall information. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember where I read that. That's on the top right-hand column, bottom left-hand column. Science News says Avery Elizabeth Hurt reported on October 18th in 2021 said they had 171,000 readers in a test group. Then comprehension was better overall, hands down, to those that used printed words. Mental maps when they were reading print. Same thing, top, left, right, where it was located. Neuropsych, Professor Naomi Barron said in May of, nine, May of 2021 said, 
that digital print diminished concentration and entertainment mindset, multitasking during content. And I went, that's me. All grades they used, elementary, high school, and college, did better on test scores when they used print. Digital print suits casual social media and allows less devoted mental effort. Again, mentioning like all of the others, memories were linked to locations on page. I said all that just to say that. The printed word is important, church. It's good. I need, I, I, I need to read. I need to read. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I, have, I love reading on my phone because I can do it anywhere, anytime, in a matter of seconds. But I am going to make every effort to start reading back on a printed page more than I've ever done before. So just something there. Um, it is told us, I believe that I want to give the credit to uh, someone within the Pentecostal organization, J.R. Kinsey, said that if you read the word, it will benefit you for 24 to 48 hours. What you read? If you then take that word and write it, it will benefit you from 48 hours to 72 hours. If you will then take that word and apply it, it will benefit you from 72 to indefinite number of hours. And so writing it, we're told Habakkuk 2 verse 2, I think I gave that to you. It's a powerful verse. It said, and the Lord answered me, said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Did I give you that in the um, Good News translation? Said, the Lord gave me this answer. Write down clearly on tablets what I reveal to you so that it can be read at a glance. We're running a race. We're busy running to and fro. When's the last time you took a verse of Scripture and put it on your dashboard? Or on your bathroom mirror or on your desk on you know, a little thing sitting on the desk and somewhere on your computer screen and taped it here or there and, and, and began to work on it. Read it, then write it. And the third point was then do something with it. How about share it? Share it. 72 hours to indefinite. Put it into motion. Revelations 12, verse 11 said, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They began to share exactly what God had been doing. Well, I just want to keep it inside. No, it's for, it's for putting out there. It's, for, it's for, for logging those times when you got a prayer request or you got a need. And, and you got it written down. You're going, oh, you know, my test results are, ooh, I don't know what the doc's going to say on Thursday. And you write down there, and then Thursday you come, and the doc says, well, we, we thought we saw something, but there's nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> Read it. Write it. And share it. Jog my memory, Lord. 
I, I don't want to walk away with with things that just that just make me feel good. I want something that's going to give me more consistency. You know when you know the highs and the lows. Anybody hate the really bad lows? Kind of looking towards more of a an even keel walk with God, a relationship that's got more depth to it. I'm I'm not just on top of the mountain today and then tomorrow. I'm so far low you can't find me anywhere. I hate everybody. I hate my dog. I don't even have a dog and I hate him. The good news said on that verse that to proclaim it. Let people know what God's done for you. When you let God, you let people know what God is doing for you, it begins to become contagious. It lights up in their lives as well as in our own lives. I'm taking that word now that's put in there, and there is no way the fowls of the air are coming down and taking away God's promises. He's not taking them away. Because you've already, as soon as you put that in motion, the fowl's going, eh, looks like that's taken care of. Go someplace else. Take that measure of faith we're told about in Romans 12, verse 3, and mix it with the preached word with faith in Hebrews 4, verse 2. And there's profit that comes, right, Brother Dave? Profit comes when, and I mean, it, oh, 12% re- returns. Talking about God just takes and multiplies the blessings when we take faith and mix it with the Word of God. When I begin to apply it, I'm not that sitting duck waiting there for the fowl to come down and take out my vision, take away my voice. You can stand if you would, please. This morning, Second Peter 3, verse 18 said, To grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Glory now and forever. I like excitement. I'm going to go back there. I love it. I love it going loud as it can get. I like That's, that excitement gets me only so far. It's when I begin to apply things in my life. That's when depression leaves. That's when discouragement leaves is when I begin to apply the word. I begin to read it. I begin to write it. And I begin to put the promises down, share it with people. And there is such growth that takes place. Some of us are in the same exact place we were in God a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, maybe even ten years ago. Jog my memory. I want to grow. Anybody else want to grow? Anybody want to grow? These altars are open this morning. If you want to pray or you want to pray right where you're at today, it'd be appropriate if it's just, as long as it is appropriate, husbands, wives, but find somebody near you. Just would you just pray with them right now? I'm I'm praying, God, give me a renewed excitement for studying and 
and for applying the word of God. We're to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. When prayer is taught by Pastor Herring, I want to take that and I want to begin to apply it to my life because I know if I'll begin to pray, God will help me. He'll strengthen me. Come on, find somebody to pray with. I love you, Lord. I love you. I praise you, Lord. I praise you. I want to be more like you, God. I can't just go through the motions. I can't just hit or miss or, or think that I'm going to make it just because I've got talent or I've got abilities, God. But I need you. I need your help, Jesus. Jog my memory with the ability to look back on podcasts and the ability to pull up nuggets of truth and different portions of Scripture throughout the last years that they've been keeping those. I promise you there are things that will jog your memory, jog my memory. I can be a better pray, a prayer warrior. I can be better at, at, at loving and forgiving and being kind and all of the things that I know I need in my life. I know. I want to apply these things, God. I want to apply these things. I want to start right now. I want to start right now. I believe you. You are able, God. You are able. Read it. Write it. Share it. Come on. Make up in your mind today. I'm going to read it. I'm going to write it. I'm going to share what God's given me.